Hi friends, I'm Erin from Wayland Farms and Erin Wayland Online, and this is a podcast about my family's homesteading journey. From an urban farm in Washington State to 100 plus acres in Tennessee, this is our journey of how we got to where we are and how we are building our homestead from the ground up. Well, hello friends. I hope today finds you in the full embrace of the Christmas spirit and that you are enjoying yourself and not stressed. That might be asking a lot, (laughs) but I hope that it is true for you. We have just finished piano for the year, awana for the year, basketball for the year. And so kind of from this point on, we don't do anything unless it's what we desire to do to leave the house. Like if we went to go Christmas lights seeing, or if we, the other day Travis is off and we just spontaneously went to the antique store and looked around and we found some wonderful, just cute little gifts. Maybe if you, we have someone that just needed a couple more things or they just needed one more thing under the tree, we kind of spent the amount, but we want everyone to have the same kind of amount of gifts. So it takes the same amount of time to unwrap, even though Tyron is just like, he's the fastest unwrapper and then Evelyn still had left with all these gifts and we're like dude you did not take your time and so therefore you are done early but we try to kind of keep the same amount of gifts under the tree for each kid um, and so if we need to just find something that's inexpensive to wrap for fun the thrift stores are really or the antique store is a really fun place to do that because you just kind of find unique things and it's a joy so we are embracing that today we're having some people coming over for tomorrow for cookie decorating and the kids did their 4-H party yesterday and they made gingerbread houses so we're just we're having some fun and I love it I this time of year it goes so fast though I just keep wanting it to slow down because there's so many things I want to get into each day and it's It just goes so fast. It makes me sad. And then we will basically have another year between um, January and March. It'll feel like that. Time, just the minute the holidays are over and the new year starts, it's just like wah, wah, which is good. I'm excited. I do a lot of behind the scenes stuff in January for my website, things like that, that need done. And so I'm learning. I have been so much better the last couple of years of just enjoying. I think the move, though, honestly, When we moved to Tennessee, it was to have less winter. And that has helped me so much because we can get outside, we can hike, we can walk around our property. I actually love the winter time because all the trees basically here, there's very few evergreens. So they just get naked out there. We just got a naked forest. And it's so fun because you get to see things that were hidden by all the leaves all summer long. So it's kind of an adventure going out in the fall. And we were able to go to our property further in our property the other day and see so much. And you just, you can see for a long, a long ways because all the trees are naked and I just love it. (laughs) But today I wanted to come and in the midst of all this holiday joy, I just wanted to, on my heart lately has just been patience, which patience is a virtue but it is not my virtue. I am not a patient person. Anyone, you talk to any of my friends, anyone who has been around me or listened to me or watched me for any length of time and they are going to be like, absolutely not. She is not a patient person. person. And that's that's true. And I, I know that about myself. And so I think at, you know, with age comes wisdom. I have learned to be patienter than I would have previously. Um, And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But when you homestead and when you come in, like, I guess this is just an encouragement today for anyone in the middle of their homesteading journey who just feels like things are not happening very fast, or maybe someone who is looking to homestead just to give you a little bit of prep, 
maybe um, going into it knowing and maybe some wisdom from the other side of it almost two years in saying, hey, listen, if we could have done things different or if we should have been could have been more patient or if, you know, just maybe some information that can help you through your journey. But before I get into the meat of this podcast, I want to again give a shout out to Force of Nature. I have talked about them for quite a while now. They are my favorite cleaning product. They are non-toxic. I do not go to the regular store and pick up any kind of cleaning products anymore. I will use bleach every now and again in very small amounts for specific things. But besides that, Force of Nature has replaced my entire cleaning junk that I used to have in my house. And honestly, I've been pretty clean in my house for several years now because I did know. And I just think it's a marketing ploy to have all the stuff in the in your house, all these different cleaners and things that they have at the store when one thing can pretty much do everything. And that is the force of nature for me. It, it combines water, vinegar, and salt. And it you elect, you plug in this little machine that they give you and it does, it reconstitutes it, um, science guys, into this powerful cleaning product that smells similar to bleach but does not have the um, harmful fumes and everything that bleach has. It also doesn't bleach your fabrics and things like that so you can spray it all over your house and you can eat off the surface afterwards and you don't have to worry about it harming your family. You can use it in your car, you can use it outside, you can use it indoors. Um, it has been amazing and a game changer for me plus the cost is so much less expensive once you have once you purchase the first bundle which in um, the comment section or in the notes section of this I have a 40% off coupon for you they have some great deals in their bundles right now some great options in their bundles and once you have the little machine all you do is purchase the little squeeze tubes of the salt and vinegar you put it into your water you turn the machine on and you're ready to go like it it does the sciencey thing. It takes probably about five minutes. You pour it into your glass bottle, your spray bottle. Good to go. You can use it. Um, and it lasts for, I believe, about a month um, in the container. But I always go, I mean, I use it for everything. So I go through a bottle probably every couple of weeks and then I redo it again. Another great thing that they now have just started offering, which they sent me a, um, a little trial sample of it and I have been using it for a month, is they have dish or sorry, not dish, laundry washing sheets so it's for your washing machine at first I thought it was like a dryer sheet and I was like oh I don't use dryer sheets I I use um, wool balls for my dryer but it's not it's these little sheets and if you have a full load you use the full sheet which is like four by four it's not very big or if you're doing a small load you rip the sheet in half and you put it under where the water hits on top of your clothes and it is your washing liquid for it turns into liquid to wash your clothes and it has been doing an amazing job again they use only the best ingredients they keep it very simple but you have to be careful i have tried several different kinds of um of of washing machine of clothes washing detergents i don't know why that's so hard for me to say because a lot that's the hardest part is that Yes, all the chemicals and stuff sometimes can get your things cleaner. And so it's hard to find an alternative that's natural that performs well. But this, so far, I've been using it, like I said, a month. I've been using it on the kids' indoor-outdoor clothes. It's kind of muddy in Tennessee right now, and it has been doing an amazing job. So definitely check them out. 40% off the bundles right now. So when we moved here, sight unseen, 2,000 miles away, when we got here, we were hoping (laughs) maybe that things weren't as bad off as they were. Uh, I think, you know, 
I guess maybe optimism is what I'm trying to say. You're optimistic. You are like, it's going to be okay. Maybe it's not as bad as we think. Um, in our case, a lot of the things were as bad or worse off than we thought, but it's okay. It's okay. You cannot go into purchasing, an, well, if you've purchased a house, you know, you can't go into purchasing a house thinking everything's going to be hunky-dory. But when you add on land and a farm and outbuildings and acreage, obviously, you know. So like financial-wise, Always set aside more money than you think you're going to need. Um, always, always. We we blew through so much money that we had thought, oh, this will this will just stretch so much further. Um, we'll maybe be able to get some fencing in. Maybe we can put up some side sheds. Maybe we can do this and that. But so much more was taken by these things that it's harder when you go into a house that's already pre-made to fix things. It's so much easier on a new build, and you get, I think, people easier and more willing to work on your house on a new build because it's easier to access things versus in an old hundred year old house that has settled and has been here forever. It is a lot harder for a construction person to come in and be like, oh, we have to run new ductwork through your whole entire house. Um, it's going to be hard. And so there's just more costs associated with taking an older house and rehabbing it. I truly believe that it is. It would have been so much cheaper for us to get a new build. Um, but that was not what we desired. We wanted to save an old house. We wanted to kind of come in and instead of add more, we wanted to fix what was already here and contribute that way. That was how we felt we were called. But when you get in to a new place, regardless, but we're just gonna mostly lean into the farm. You want to get all the things quick as quickly as possible. I think a lot of us, because of how the world has been lately too, we are doing this because we want to be self-sufficient. And so looking at your land and seeing what needs to be done can be overwhelming and you can kind of feel like maybe maybe I need to get this all done right now. Like we need to get the gardens in and we need to get, you know, these 300 yards of fence run and we need to get this barn built and we need to have a place to put our hay and we need all this stuff because we came here to be self-sufficient and sitting here seeing the potential of, okay, I'm here. I can now be self-sufficient to an extent, you know, as much as you can be. Um, but, but it needs all this work and oh my gosh, we, if something was to happen doomsday right now, we'd still be screwed. <laughs> and so I think that a lot of us kind of panic and we're like, we need to do all this right this very minute. And I'm here to tell you that we cannot let panic and we cannot let fear rule our decision making. We need to make decisions with clear heads, with um, backed information that has been given to us by sometimes living at a place for a period of time instead of rushing into something. And then I guarantee you, if you were to rush in the first few months and try to throw all this stuff together, not only will you be broke, most likely, because it all costs more than you think it's going to cost, but it is not going to be established correctly or done correctly to where it's going to flow with the land and how you should utilize the land. The land kind of has to speak to you and we're going to get into that, but I'm just, I'm here to tell you, please breathe. Please know that it is amazing that you are now here, that you have purchased this, but let's work together with the land and let's pray about it. Let's dive into it. Let's just sit on it and watch and see how best to make this space productive and efficient 
for your family so that when you go into the gardening and you go into the livestock and the larger animals, that it works together in tandem so that it doesn't feel so messy. There's barnyards that can feel super messy. And I've walked into those before where you're just like, none of this makes sense how it is all put together. And then you walk into barnyards and you're like, this is a well-oiled machine. This farm just it works and there is a method to that and i feel like you have to learn that by being in your by being in your land by by slowly adding things and then seeing how it works and so we're going to get into all that but i just want you to not panic if you have just moved and just know that god has put you here at this time if he has called you here then please do not worry he will help you per, he will help to provide what needs to be done to this place in the time frame that he wants not what we want and so how that kind of played out in our own farm and homestead in life was i mean when we moved here it was such a mess it was so undone and i knew that i needed an outlet i knew that my anxiety and my wanting to get things done would push me to probably do projects too soon and take on things that i might end up regretting but i know myself and i have to be doing something and so the biggest thing for me was i was like okay let's get let's get a garden in let's do something constructive to where i'm fueled by beauty and so i need to see something beautiful to help kind of balance me out to where I'm okay with the mess, but I have to be able to go somewhere. And there was no escaping when we moved here. Everything was a mess. Everything needed done. The house was multicolor. Um, it was like, you know, the Joseph and the mini, the coat of many colors or whatever, except like no colors were good. And it was just overstimulating to me. And so I needed to be able to actively do something that was beautiful and productive and was supplying our family with something and and enjoyable. And that to me was the gardens. And so I really leaned in and I was like, okay, I, to keep my sanity and to keep me a good mom and a good wife, I'm going to put myself into this. And then I could get a crop from, that I could see the fruits of my labor. Um, and there was not a ton in, so like, Yes, there could be a ton involved in the garden. But the first year, we rented a tiller, just like a handheld tiller, was tilling the gar the garden. This ground here <laughs> is so hard. Like clay is so dense. And so we were trying over and over. I mean, it was going to take me hours. Thank the Lord. We have a neighbor who came up and was like, oh, you're making a garden? I have a tiller. This was before we bought our tractor or anything like that. And he was like, let me till this for you. And I almost cried because he, he was able to just put that tiller down and go across the garden the area that I sectioned out in like three passes and it was like powder. I mean, it was amazing. And so I just I just did my garden in ground, no raised beds, nothing that year. Um, I, I did still do the two gardens, the protege garden or my kitchen garden and my larger canning garden. And honestly, it was just kind of an experiment to see how well the soil was here. Let's see if I can actually grow decent plants in it, if I'm going to have to make a lot of amendments. It's just kind of an experiment. And so that kept me busy. Not that moving and all the other stuff didn't keep me busy, but this was like a fun busy. It wasn't, I mean, I could have not done the gardens and still been completely and utterly busy from sun up to sun down. But this was something that brought me joy in all of the mess. I am very visually driven. I am very um beauty matters to me and so living in a house that had pig pink walls and teal walls and the floors are red and the and the bathroom was this dark blue and 
we were kind of waiting on painting some things because we needed to fix other things. And so like the house to me was just, I came in and my anxiety just literally rose. Not because I saw the potential. It was amazing. The roof was leaking. Like every time there was a storm, the the sun roof upstairs would leak and we would have to put like stuff on the floor. We knew it was rotting some of the beams. We, I mean, it was a disaster. <laughs> Honestly, I would... I'm so glad we did it. I would never do this again. This is like a one and done kind of thing. My, I, Me and Travis both could not take the kind of stress of revamping another house unless we had better finances and we could just do it, I think, quicker than having to realize we only have this limited amount of money. What, what most needs done with this and what can wait, you know, a little bit longer so we can save up again and and whatever. And so... And so I needed the going outside and seeing beautiful flowers and pretty things and big tomatoes and bell peppers. And I needed that for me to be able to function as a good wife and a good mother. Um, and so that helped me be patient by by that instant gratification of the garden and helped me be patient in other ways. So so I guess maybe whatever you enjoy doing, try to find something that that is your escape, your joy in the mess of moving and not everyone's going to move into a house or a property as messy as ours um, i hope you don't <laughs> but but no matter what there's going to be stresses in moving so find something that brings you joy and even make time for it make time for it for your sanity in everything else um and while we did this it was kind of nice not to go throw the beds together and go make race beds and spend money in these gardens because again as you live someplace a whole year, every season looks differently on your land. And so here, you know, the weather is completely different than the state we moved from. And so it's kind of a shock to see, oh, there's like flood zones here. There's we have so much rain in such a short amount of time that it floods areas that the areas pool up and become like these mini ponds and things like that. And so how does the storms and the water and everything affect your land also? Before you put up a big building, where does your wind come from? Where do most of your storms come from? Where does the hail usually hail from? You know, like knowing these things, because if you build a shelter for your horses and you're just like, oh, it looks great here. We're going to throw this in and make like a lean to uh, for so like a, a three sided and then the fourth side they can go in and out of. Well, if you make that and you're not conscious conscious of where your weather comes from you might just be making it so they're standing straight in the lean-to and it's just or your shed or whatever and the the wind is just going straight in and the rain is going straight in and you might as well not have a shed they're going to be standing on the outside on the other side (laughs) to try to escape the weather and so it's learning how the weather affects your property I think that's probably the main thing how does weather how does rain affect your property and where best should you put things. I was watching a YouTuber the other day and they bought this homestead and all the barns and everything were set in kind of the lowest spot and the house was up a little bit higher. But so every time it rained, their barnyard flooded. And so they just, their horses were, and their cattle were just like these neat, not needy, but they were, it was a mess. It was a mess out there. And so through the rainy season and the winter season, you're going to have to deal with possible issues with your horse's feet or your animals, um, you know, water on constantly on animals, just like anyone else is not good. It's going to cause fungus and just so many different things uh, that are going to give you more work and make your animals unhealthy. And so really taking a year, honestly, 
if you're in a new, completely new area, or maybe just listening, if you have access to people who lived there before, maybe you can ask questions or a neighbor, they might know stuff. And so you might be able to get some information sooner, but still waiting out and seeing, I feel is very, very important yourself with your own eyes instead of just hearsay of what someone else said. Um, And the difference between adding large animals to small animals is small animals are so much easier to move around or to redo. A chicken coop is easier to move or restructure than a whole outbuilding or redoing a whole thing of fencing for a large animal. So I would say gateway animals are definitely chickens. We purchased our chickens, our baby chicks, um, and our guinea keats and everything before we even had the structure to put them in. <laughs> um, and But we knew we had several weeks of them being indoors before we had an issue. And you know, Travis was working at the same time. He had some really odd shifts. And so looking back, we should have waited even on that. But again, I was like, chickens make me happy. They, We live on a farm. We have to have some sort of animal here. It needs to feel alive. It felt very dead here. It felt very sad when we, when we first moved in. I knew this house had been filled with life. Come to find out, there had been eight children in this house. I don't know how. <laughs> There's three bedrooms, but there was eight children in this house um, when it was first built in the early 1920s. And so, and they there had been um, an established field, a dairy cow, a two-story utilized barn. Um, they, it's so much stuff, but it, it felt so quiet and it felt so sad. And I wanted to bring life to this place. And so we purchased the chickens and that required a lot from us at the beginning because I think, honestly, Travis was so he was so stressed with everything that was going on that he was kind of in a panic mode as well. His panic shows, his panic is, I feel like his brain, it the things that normally would be very cut and dry just feel messy in your head. And so looking back when we had built the chicken coop, we called it, we were building out of panic. There are things when we look at the chicken coop now that we're like, we would not have done that if we have been of sound mind, but we were not because we were questioning every decision we had ever made that had led us up to this point and if we had just screwed ourselves in moving across the country. And so we panic built, um, which I think is another reason to just sit back and not do things in panic. And so the chicken coop's fine and it works well, but we did stupid things that looking back on will have to change and that costs us more money in the long run. But for the first two years, it's been fine. but but it required a lot of Travis to do these new jobs, be working with these new people. Your mind and everything is already, especially for him because he was leaving the house, he was working with an entirely new crew um, to come home and be like, oh, now I have to build this chicken coop. And at the time, we didn't have any heat or AC in our house. And it was summertime, so it was really hot. We weren't used to the humid weather. We're out there in the evenings and the afternoons in the heat of Tennessee summer building this chicken coop, wanting to die. (laughs) Man, I'm making the first year sound so joy-filled, aren't I? I apologize for that. But I want to impart some truth on you, not to make you question, but just to let you know that I am still so glad we are here. Through the hard and through the questioning, we truly did know this was the path we had to be on. Um, And so I don't want to ever do it again but I am glad we did it. So I hope that that maybe makes this not so daunting if you're listening to this going, oh my gosh. Um, 
But so so we put the chicken coop and everything up. And then we were talking about, in my head, I'm always going, okay, I think I want the large animals here. I think I want this here. I think I want this here. But with us, we live in a dense forest. And it had been logged um, a couple years prior to us moving in, but it had been logged badly badly like they just charged the forest and knocked over trees that weren't worth anything left them there to just rot sideways in the forest which made it not only ugly but very hard for just nature in general to utilize our our forest I mean it made it messy it made it so the animals are having to walk over things it's just I, I had a forestry agent come out here and she was like yeah this needs to be cleaned up um not only so that the trees that are good can grow properly because there was a mess made. And so and so things aren't able to go grow straight. They didn't remove shade from areas that would allow good trees, new growth to be able to see the sun, to reach up. There's just so much involved in a forest and growing a healthy forest that you don't think about until you have your own 100 acres of forest <laughs> and a forestry agent to explain to you how things are supposed to go. Um, and that forests need cleaned and they need tended. And it's an important thing um, for just nature in general, let alone your own, your farm working in that. And so um, the first, last spring, no, this spring, excuse me, this spring, our second spring here, because we got here in April of 2022, um, we hired a gentleman to come and clean out, um, probably, I'm looking at it right now, probably about two acres of forest. And it took him about three or so days, and he did an amazing job. Such a cool, decent guy. But they had used the forest. It is free to go to the dump in Tennessee. I'm just, I'm just saying, we have a dump five minutes away from us. It's free. You go over there, you drop it off, you're done. If you don't want to do that, you can pay for a service to come pick up your trash. They have that option available as well. Well, the people who lived here didn't want to do either, and so they just used the forest right outside the backyard to just go dump their trash. I mean, toilets, old AC stuff, um, kids, strollers, tires, just every possible piece of junk and garbage that someone didn't want. They just went out there and chucked it into the forest, as well as big like old machinery parts, things that were not usable anymore, huge hunks of metal weighing th like hundreds of pounds that we could not move. And even at the point when Travis got his tractor, he couldn't even get in there because our tractor is not big enough. And so long story short, we found this gentleman. He came out, cleared it all. And it just, I was like, I am so glad. Now looking at the land and how there, we, he made a, an, there was like an old pond down there that was really dirty. He cleaned it all out. It's since rained and refilled up. It's not a large pond, but it's a smaller one. And just seeing how the land flows, I'm like, okay how I had structured in my mind how I wanted the pastures to be is completely different once I see the forest cleaned. And so I'm like, well, now we're saving up money to get him to clean a different section of the forest come next spring for some more pasture because I was able to get down there and walk it and see the layout and how best it would work for our animals. And so just really sitting, if I had done what I had wanted to when we originally got here, I would have regretted it looking back of, oh my gosh, now that I see and we've spent money cleaning things up, in a hurry, I would have put these pastures in areas that would have been unsuccessful for us and that would not have flown together. Um, and yeah, it just would have not have worked. Um, and so, and now that we've been able to go through and explore more of the paths through the forest and everything else, there's just, it has opened up so much for us. Just watching the land over a year has been 
huge in knowing how now we're going to um, to do everything. And then also in the house, pulling back into the house, just watching the house for a year and how we wanted to do these certain remodels and we wanted to put a bathroom here. We had planned to do something here and just seeing how we work within the house, realizing, listen, I don't use this area as much as I thought, or listen, I was going to put this here, but I just find that that's not working and it's costing me an extra few steps, which over time add up and I don't enjoy this here. It should be here. Um, or just having, you know, exposing walls and being like, oh my gosh, this used to be this room and maybe we should, it actually would work good there. And so just sitting in the mess, which my one tip, if you have to sit in mess is paint the walls, you guys. I should have just, the minute we came into this house, painted all those walls. Not because I want everything white, but to allow myself to think and to see the house, I needed white walls. The colors were too loud and my brain couldn't process everything. But when all the walls were white, were white and I painted them all, it was kind of like a blank canvas and I could then stare at it and go, okay, what do I envision for this space? Instead of just the mess that it was before. And you know, someone else obviously loved that mess that worked for them. For me, it did not. And so I needed everything white to be able to then see how best I want it to be. And our kitchen still is white because we're going to do a full remodel in it eventually. And so um, it's just sitting white right now. But it gives me just, I've been able to sit in this white for over a year and go and just dream, dream of my future kitchen and how we want it to look. And in walking around and using my kitchen as is, I see how I want it to be. Um, and so I think just in conclusion to all that, being okay with, sitting in the mess, being okay with knowing that you're impatient and saying, how can I best put myself to use and and be able to remove some of this impatience because I'm giving myself an outlet so that I can sit with these other things and I can stew on them for a little bit of time so that I can make an informed decision um, about this space. And so I hope that gives you guys some uh, something to to stew. I think I said stew on like 300 times today, but just something to ponder. There we go. Um, and that that will give you encouragement instead of discourage you just to know going in, this is how it's going to be. It's okay to feel these feelings. It's okay to be this way. And I can work through this and it is for the good. It is for the best because it is. And we are again, so glad we are here. I'll talk to you guys next week. 